Chicago. This is your morning routine. Listen, respect my name. Cap and J-Hood. That's right. That's right. We're bad. Uh-huh. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app and on FM 100.3 HD2 and on ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now, no, no, no. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. Bring them out. Bring them out. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Oh, Welcome in to the Captain J Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000, and we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. We've got Shane, we've got Jay Moore, we've got you for a three hour ride on this Monday morning. What open phone lines for you? 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our telephone number. And Cap, when it comes to the Chicago Bears, it is uh, really amazing when you think about it. When you take a couple of steps back and look at what the Bears have in front of them, what we have in front of us as Bears fans, the Chicago Bears became the first team in the common draft era since 1967 to earn the number one overall pick one season after trading it. The Bears joined the Arizona Cardinals as the only teams with multiple first-round picks. The Bears have not selected two players in the draft in the first round since 2003 when the Bears got Michael Haynes and Rex Grossman uh, back then. Uh, Both of those guys, well, one got you to the Super Bowl and the other one, well, Michael Haynes didn't really like football that much. He loved snakes, though. No, he was a bust. (laughs) But, you know, Peter King puts it out there, the uh, soon-to-be-retired Peter King puts it out there that He's pretty confident that the Bears are going to trade that number one pick. I just think that if we take two steps back and look at everything, Cap, I mean, the Bears are in a great position to really turn the tide for their franchise. We talked about this, and we've coined the phrase that this is the most important time in the history of the franchise. When you think about it, two number one picks, an opportunity to really go places for the future. So Peter King, as you mentioned, who announced today that he is retiring from his Football Morning in America column said, I, I know nothing, but I know what which way the wind seems to be blowing, that the Bears will trade the pick for the second straight year. And then he lays out a potential haul that they could get. So my question is, as you look at this whole thing, mm-hmm. And his quote was, I suppose the Bears will trade the number one pick, but I know nothing. Do they really have the stomach to do this? Because we see how C.J. Stroud is. And some say, well, they probably would have taken Bryce Young if they took a quarterback last year. I can promise you there was no scenario that they were taking Bryce Young. They didn't like him. They also passed on C.J. Stroud because they felt they needed the haul they got back. And the haul they got back for people that say, you should have taken Stroud. You'd have no Darnell Wright, no DJ Moore, no number one pick overall, and no Tyreek Stevenson because you used the second-round pick on him a year ago that you got in that deal. And you have a second-round pick from them next year. Yeah, and and Stroud would have sat down and watched the playoffs like everybody else if he was a Chicago Bear. Correct. There was a little bit better infrastructure in Houston. He had a left tackle in Laramie Tunsil, who's a really good football player. Uh, they don't have great receivers down there, but Tank Dell and uh, Nico Collins, good football players, good players. 
And then they went out and got the tight end, uh, Dalton Schultz. Mm -hmm. So they've got a fairly decent team, and they had a really good year. I have been consistent on this. I don't see a scenario if, if all the background work comes back, the polls passes on this quarterback class again. But Peter says, I know nothing, but I suppose they'll trade the number one pick. What do you say? Yeah, I, I would imagine that that's exactly what they're going to do, Cap. They are going to trade the number one. They are not going to trade the number one pick. Caleb Williams will be the number one pick in the draft, and the Bears will take him. And, and I think it just makes sense. I mean, if if the Bears were to trade the number one pick, I still think that Justin Fields would be gone also. That's what I believe. So if they went one to two and they got something from Washington. Like a Drake May? Would they take Drake May at two? Possibly. Or Jaden Daniels at two? Possibly. I'm not going to change my opinion on, on this part of it. I said... At the time, when Caleb Williams' name came up and said, boy, Caleb Williams could be the number one pick, I said, unless the Bears see something that we don't see as far as his character, I mean, the football is there. You cannot turn a blind eye to the talent. The talent is there. My, my thinking is if there was something that was behind the scenes that we didn't know about Caleb Williams, then that's why they'd move off of him. But what I'm telling you, Cap, is that based on everything that we could see, Caleb Williams is a sure thing for the number one pick. Unless, again, there's something that we're not seeing. And by the way, if it's not Caleb Williams, it's not such a huge drop-off for me with Drake May. I told you that I was a, a fan of what I saw from Drake May in college. I think that he go, he's going to be a fine quarterback. But I really believe that the apple of the eye for Ryan Poles is to have Caleb Williams in to be able to have his quarterback in place. We have to remind the audience, and I think every, all the smart Bears fans know this, is that there was always going to be a roll of the dice anyway between Poles and, and Justin Fields. No matter what uh, polls will tell you, that's not his quarterback because he didn't select him. Let's just be honest about it. I mean, just look at it practically. This is not his quarterback. He was hoping it was going to work out, but he feels like there's an upgrade in the draft in Caleb Williams. Yeah, look, if Justin Fields was more of a lock, we still have questions after three years. Now, has he been given the best situation? Absolutely not. He was drafted here, wasn't ready to be the starter, had Matt Nagy throw him in with the worst game plan I've ever seen, and he got destroyed at Cleveland and had some flashy moments, but not a great rookie year. They let him down. Second year, they tore the thing to the studs. No one was winning with that team. Nobody. This year, though, there were some issues. He didn't have the best year. Mm -hmm. I mean... What you, what was the stat that you gave? They got one touchdown on the road the last handful. Three games? Yeah, one. Oh, yeah. One touchdown. Yeah. And, and that, that was a crazy one where they took ten times for them to knock on the door and get in. Correct. Against Cleveland. Eight plays from yeah. the one-yard line. Yeah. The other thing is he, he's been hurt every year he's been with the Bears. He's had some type of an injury. Mm -hmm. So if we're still asking these questions... The answer is probably you need to go get another quarterback. Okay, here's the other thing. And I said this to Shay this morning when we were having our morning convo. If he's truly your guy, would you let him twist in the wind like this? Is that how you treat someone? Because last year, Poles told him, mm -hmm. let me do my deal. We're good. And he said, I'd have to be blown away to take a quarterback. And he made the trade. Mm-hmm. And he made a good trade. 
one of the best in NFL history. Justin is getting, wherever we go, every story. Justin Fields this, Justin Fields that. Would you really let him twist in the wind like this? Where he's on a podcast going, I just want it to be over. Justin, Caleb, Caleb, I just want it to be over. Is that how you treat your guy? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. But you could tell that there is a not necessarily a disconnect, but you know that a trade is inevitable, right? right? It's not a disconnect. I don't think that there is hate or there is a a problem between the two. But this is just going to be Ryan Pohl's decision because he sees something greater for the future for the Bears versus what they have now in Justin Fields. Twisting the wind. I think that's that's one way of putting it. But also, as you and I know it, it's business. It's, it's a business. It's, 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 he gets it's, paid millions yeah. of dollars. It's just simply football business on the part of Ryan Poles. Look, we, we've talked about this round and round, and there's really no, nothing new coming out of this until we see that there's going to be a trade in place. For those of you that support Justin Fields, I totally understand it. I get it. I understand why you support Justin Fields because of how excited you were when he was first drafted. And you want to be able to see this young man be able to get to the next level in a Bears uniform because the Bears have not had a quarterback uh, in place that you could trust forever. And so I understand why you feel that way. However, the general manager feels like he wants to be able to restart the clock financially and to be able to have a clean slate at quarterback and go with Caleb Williams. This is the direction he's going to go in. Keep in mind, you and I and me and Cap and everyone else that are Bears fans, we will rake Ryan Poles over the coals if this does not work in a couple of years. Because, but this is his decision. He feels like he wants to go in a different direction. This is all the reports that's out there. This is not me and Cap trying to push Justin Fields out the door. Look, as, as I've always said, and I know that this is not clippable. This, you can't aggregate this particular thing I'm going to say. I know that you can't aggregate this. But I think I want what's best for the Chicago Bears. I'm a Bears fan first. Before Justin Fields was even born, I was a Bears fan. And so I want what's best for the Chicago Bears first. And if that means that Justin Fields moves on and you're bringing another quarterback in place that can be the guy for a decade as you try to build this thing, I'm all for it. Because it's the Bears first. Always will be. Exactly. I had people reaching out to me, sending me tweets and friends text me. Dude, if they keep Justin and you and Hoodie are so aligned wanting Caleb, how do you, what do you do? Will Justin be mad at you? No. First of all, I've never met Justin Fields in my life. Don't know if I ever will. All I hear is he's an awesome person. He's a great leader. He's a wonderful athlete. I simply have said that if I was running the team, I would move on and go get another quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. And it's become this divisive topic where Team Justin or... You're a horrible person. You hate Justin. Not true. I think, looking at the situation, I do not believe Ryan Poles wants to be the guy that said, I passed on C.J. Stroud, albeit made a great trade. Sure. And now, if this kid checks all the boxes, and that process has already started, if he checks all the boxes, I'm leaving that guy on the board, trading him to somebody else? Yeah. Because if Caleb Williams goes somebody, somewhere else and he's taking teams to Super Bowls or AFC or NFC title games and you're still middling along, you're done. Conversely, if Justin goes somewhere and balls out and Caleb busts, you're also done. That's why I said to you at the start of this, this pick alone will define Ryan Pohl's legacy. 
No doubt. And, and the Bears for the next decade. Shay. I, I want to take Justin Fields out of the picture because I know what Peter King said. I suppose they're trading the number one pick. I don't know anything, but I know which way the wind is blowing. Mm-hmm. They can and should keep Justin Fields. I want to take Fields out of it. I don't think that they're going to keep him regardless of what they do. The question for me is how much do you really trust Ryan Poles in this process? Because Caleb Williams might check all the boxes. Another quarterback might also check all the boxes. Mm-hmm. And if you have two that you think are close, one of them you got to spend the number one pick to get. The other, maybe you trade down, get a bunch of assets, and you get a guy who you think is right there with Caleb Williams at pick eight. How much you trust Ryan Poles to make that decision? Where you can build around a different young quarterback with all the picks everybody's imagining you use to build around Justin Fields. Yeah, there is a way, there is a route for you, Cap, to be able to pass up on one, as Shea says, go down, get a lot of more, get, get more picks and still find a quarterback that you like. You may not, you may love Caleb Williams, you may like J.J. McCarthy, but that is a path to go. That means that Justin Fields, to me, Justin Fields would still go. They would still build around a young quarterback. So what he's saying is, like, you trade the number one pick, you get a haul back, but still at nine, for instance, you can still get a quarterback you like. Is that the difference, Ricky, you want for the next five or six years? Look, I trust Ryan Poles. I think he's done a magnificent job. If he could have back one decision, it would be, what do we call him? Clay Chase Pool. Clay Chase Pool, yes. Correct, on this show. Yes. Yeah. Every, no one's going to be perfect. Yeah. They're not. He's going to miss on picks. He's going to miss on deals. and would be. You did what? Why would you take that guy? That said, my concern, and I ride with him. Mm-hmm. He's our GM, man. If, if Shea's scenario came to fruition, so you're the only guy that saw this quarterback being equally good to Caleb Williams, and he was there at eight in a quarterback-starved league and no one else rode up and got him, I would, that scenario doesn't make sense to me. Jay Moore. Since this topic is such a slippery slope, why can't they just keep Justin, draft Caleb, let them compete, best man win, and the other guy's out? Yeah, because you lose your whatever value you'd have, for, in my opinion, from trading Justin. If Justin gets loses his job, that's A. B, Jay Moore, don't you think there's a chance it becomes somewhat divisive in the room if the Justin fan club in there many of the players have openly spoken how much they love him want to keep playing with him Caleb beats him out now Justin's the backup to Caleb I just don't see how that's a good scenario do you think Caleb could beat out Justin Fields in a one-on-one battle I'm not so sure I mean it's something about competition and a fire up your ass does something for you Justin Fields is is okay as a quarterback. Not great, not good. He's just okay. And I think that he's growing with the arrow pointing sideways. Only sideways is because it's about health. It's about being able to read defenses a lot better and do more than just run the football. Be able to get the ball out quickly. Nobody got the ball out slower than Justin Fields out of all the starting quarterbacks in the National Football League. That's not hyperbole. That's a fact. That no one got the ball out more slowly. And again, you can blame Getze, offensive line. Ultimately, he has the ball in his hands, the lion's share of the time. He's got to get the ball out. That's so, so what I'm saying is that if it was one-on-one, I'm not sure that Justin Fields beats Caleb 
Williams in a um, in a quarterback battle. But it's it's as old as the hills, though, because we've seen quarterback battles around here for a long time. If Caleb Williams is who all the prognosticators say he is, people that get paid to do this, not two goose on the radio. Mm-hmm. If he's truly that dude, Justin can't beat him out. Otherwise, well, what are you doing? I mean, but he's, he's the not, fourth best quarterback in our division. Jay Moore. I said, but if he's not, if Caleb's not the guy, you know, everybody was so hype on uh, the guy that went first. Which year? This last year. Oh, to Bryce, Bryce Young. Young. They were so hyped yeah. on him. Mm-hmm. And look what happened. He's in a horrible situation. I, I also don't know that people were so hyped on him either. I mean, when you really think about what happened in Carolina, where there was kind of an owner mutiny almost, to like, we have to take this guy despite all of my talent people preferring Stroud. We weren't sure about any of the quarterbacks yeah. coming out, if you recall. Yeah, I think last year's last just year's a like, weird... Yeah. Like, if you want to say Trevor Lawrence, it just hasn't gone the way that it would hope. But Trevor Lawrence is still better than Justin Fields. And, like, I, I don't know. I look at it like last year... Drake May and Caleb both would have gone in front of Stroud and Bryce Young. So it just is a different... If they were in the same draft, the two at the top this year would have gone ahead of the two that went one and two last year. So it, to me, it wasn't like last year was the same level of hype as this class. So let's talk about this. Shay, let's open the phone lines. 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our phone number. Peter King says that he supposes the Bears will trade the number one pick. Do they really have the stomach to pass on a quarterback again? We'll talk about that also still to come this hour. Cody Bellinger signs with the Cubs over the weekend. Let's talk about the Cubs as well on the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show. And Jay Hood are back. First time caller, huge fan of your guys' show. Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Captain Jay Hood, weekday mornings, 7 to 10 on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. If you can't catch our show live between 7 and 10 or any of the shows live on ESPN Chicago, check out the podcast. Like, share, and subscribe. To ESPN Chicago, the podcast. Of course, download that ESPN Chicago app. But again, wherever you get your podcast, look for Cap and J Hood right here on Chicago's Home for Sports. 312 332 ESPN 3323776 is our telephone number. Uh, to the phone lines we go. Still to come, we'll talk about Cody Bellinger back as a Cub again. As we say hello to Michael on the Northwest Side on Cap and J Hood. Michael, good morning. Good morning, fellas. So I'm a relatively newcomer to your station. I've been listening to you since the end of the season. And you guys have to pay attention to your phone lines. I'd like to run this up the flagpole to see who salutes it. I think I heard it mentioned earlier. But let me see if I can get to the end of it. A couple of moving parts. Okay. One, keep Fields. Two, draft Caleb. Let Caleb sit behind Justin for the first part of the year. If Justin doesn't measure up, I heard you talking about the competition. There's Caleb right there. Use our number one pick to get another fancy-dancy wounder receiver. And have you ever seen the Bears in contention when we did not have the most feared linebacker in the NFL? That's what Poles needs to do, that magical pixie dust trading of his. Buckus, Singletary, Earl Locker. We define the middle linebacker. Somehow get plugged that hole at left tackle and go Bears. Okay. What say you? So you're you're drafting Marvin Harrison at one? Is that did I take that right? No, Caleb. Caleb. 
You're taking Caleb at one. And and where are you getting this other receiver at? Good question. That's that's Paul's job. I'm I don't have these statistics and that kind of uh, deep analysis that you guys have. So I, I don't think. And Jay Moore brought this up. And Michael, thanks, man. We appreciate you being a listener here. Uh, I don't believe you can keep Justin and Caleb together. I do not. If you if you're going to ride with Justin, then ride with Justin. Yes. I just want the Bears to win. Let me say it for the 18 millionth time. You've said it. I hear Sylvie say it. I just want the Bears to win. There's no agenda here. I would take Caleb Williams. It's what I would do if all the background checks check out. We don't get. We're not privy to all the background work. Oh, did you know this or did you know that or that's great? We don't know that. We that's, don't. That's the only question we have about uh, Caleb Williams is that I don't know about his background. I know what I invested in on Saturdays as watching USC football, and right. that guy is the best I saw at the quarterback position. So I've got a deep film breakdown that I'm going to watch today from the guys at the Tape Never Lies Network. They did just the Notre Dame game because there's this narrative that he was horrible in that game, mm-hmm. and he did get picked three times. Two of them were terrible decisions to throw the football. That also will happen to any quarterback. But they did an extensive breakdown, and I'll tell you about it tomorrow after I watch it. I want to watch what they see because they came away more convinced he's the guy. And, Michael, we appreciate the phone calls, but don't be so cliché. And just because you watch NFL films like we watch NFL films about the great middle linebackers, the linebackers are the least uh, bit of the problem for the Chicago Bears. Sanborn. I'll, I'll take Edwards, Edmonds, and Sanborn and oh. ride with those guys. Oh. Especially Sanborn. So they'll be fine there at the linebackers. Yeah, spot. they're not going to change any. TJ Edwards was top five in tackles. Yeah. Tremaine Edmonds is a beast sideline to sideline. And Sanborn <laughs> is amazing. They're not getting a linebacker in the first round. No, They're not. Just just focus on who's going to protect the quarterback and who the quarterback is. And you got to get a rush, other rush edge because I don't think they're bringing Ngakwe back. Right. So go get yourself a Danelle Hunter. With the salary cap coming up, Snorling made an outstanding point in our morning soiree. He said, now it went up significantly. Yes, it did. They basically gave you a gift card for Jalen Johnson. Just pay him. Yep. What's it going to take? Get it done. Boom. Off my list. Logan Square. Here's Flo on Cap and J-Hood. Flo, good morning. Hey, good morning, Hoodie. Cap, uh, I listen to you guys every morning. In my What's work. up, brother? How you doing? I appreciate the work you guys do. Doing good, brother. I'm excited. I'm a Bears fan. Die-hard Bears fan. And either way, Paul goes with this. I feel like we're in a good position. Um, I am of the draft, let's draft Caleb or Drake uh, narrative, but I wanted to speak up on Peter King's uh, article. It sounds great on paper, but the reality is this Bears team is trending towards becoming a winning team right now. And it, it, I'm all for draft picks and stuff like that, but I want the Bears to scratch 10 or 11 wins next season. And if we got a defense that's going to keep a rookie quarterback in the game, then I'm going to run with Caleb or Drake or Jaden, whoever Poles runs with, and hope that we spend some cash and free agency to plug up uh, some of the other, you know, the other talents that we need. Peter, I'm sure Peter King's a great guy. I know he's highly respected, but I don't, I don't believe the Bears are thinking long haul right now. I think the 
I think the Bears are thinking, let's let's strike, let's be aggressive, and let's land one here. Yeah, I, I think so. Completely I'm, agree with Flo. Yeah, That's a great call. Well, yeah, when you go from three to seven wins and you say, let's strike while the iron's hot. Let's be able to get the quarterback that we want. We we're going to have enough money to be able to plug some holes here in free agency and think about the future of the Bears in the draft. It's, it's right there in front of you. It, again, everything's predicated on what you do offensively. As much as love, people love a good defense and love to see a defense get after the quarterback, it's an offensive league. You've got to be able to put up points. This is not where you can try to win games you know, 14 to 7 anymore because it's an offensive league. You've got to find the right quarterback and right offense for this to work. Did you hear Chris Cantian on Sportsman like this morning? I did. I, I mean, I, <laughs> you hear him all over the place. But specifically. Here have been the fillings of your teeth. Go ahead. Right. Specifically, when they brought up the Peter King thing, he said, look, when Montez Sweat arrived here in week 10. Mm hmm. Chicago became number one defensively in scoring defense the rest of the season. Number one. And he quoted EPA and DVOA and all this other stuff that's way above my head. But the takeaway was that defense is ready to cook. Go get yourself another player on the interior, a rush edge, so you got some depth. Add a replacement to Eddie Jackson, which you can find a free agency, or he was a fourth-round pick, for crying out loud. There's guys out there. And then offensively, you need another A-plus receiver. You need an elite center, somebody that recognizes everything, can look back at his rookie quarterback, if that's what it is, or Justin, and say, here's the coverage, here's the this, let's set the protection, let's go. And that team is going to the playoffs next season. I'm telling you they are. Yeah, well, I mean, when you got a handsome head coach like Matt Eberflus, you could see it now. It's much love more, it. It's much more clearer now. I love it. Yes. Yeah, I love it. A little mustache and a little uh, goatee, a little beard happening there. That would be me. I can see it now. Yeah, that's why I didn't shave my head this weekend. Uh-huh. Wife's out of town. Uh, figured eh, Flus tried a little extra hair. Maybe I'll grow my hair back. <laughs> the very attractive Matt Eberflus. All of a sudden, you walk in the bar, comes in looking like a five, but when the lights come on late at night, now with a little beard, a little, a little uh, mustache, he's an 11. Uh, Woodbridge, uh, Virginia, listening on the ESPN Chicago app. Here's Matthew on ESPN 1000. Matthew, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? We're well, good, thank man. you. Thanks. Um, so I have a couple draft scenario questions for you guys. So in both of these, it's implied that number one overall, we're taking Brother Khalid, mm-hmm. and then ninth overall, we trade back, um, and we get our three tackers on Newton. So that's first scenario. Second scenario is we trade back, so like where Pittsburgh is at twenty, and we get really aggressive and we take our center. What do you guys think? So I don't see them trading back, but if they did, they have got to get. I think they've got to get a veteran center. Jackson Powers Johnson, mm-hmm. the kid from Oregon, is a really good football player. Mm-hmm. Really good. But if you are thinking you're competing next year, I would love to see if if there's a guy out there available, Cushenberry or one of these guys, that you go, I got a veteran center. I've got my quarterback back here, and I, he's going to help him dramatically cool. more than Lucas Patrick did or Sam Mustafer, mm-hmm. and now let's go. 
and then get him another A receiver. I'd ideally like to get a guy as good or better than DJ Moore. Now, DJ's a great football player with proven career. Sure. But if you told me that Adunze, Neighbors, or Harrison is lining up on the other side, oh, doctor. Yeah, it helps. Let's go. That helps. It helps a veteran quarterback. It helps a rookie quarterback, whoever's back there. Because you need multiple weapons, man. I mean, I like Cole Komet. I think he's rising as a tight end in this league. DJ Moore, a fine wide receiver for the Bears, but you need more. Need more offensive weapons for whoever's going to be the quarterback for the Chicago Bears. All right, if you're on hold, you will be on the air. 312-332-3776, our phone number. The Chicago Cubs are back. They've got Cody Bellinger back in the fold. Cap and I will talk about it Take right here that. on Chicago's Home for Sports. Checkmate one six. Suppression on target. That's why I see him in my shot. Shot or no shot with Cap and Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. That's why I see him in my shot. Good morning and welcome in to the Cap and Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000. And streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood with you. Now time for Shot or No Shot and it's brought to you by ESPN Bet, baby. Now live in Illinois. Do what I did. Download the ESPN Bet app today. Sign up and new users get $100 in bonus bets with any sportsbook bet. We say good morning to Shay W. North. Good morning, boys. Happy Monday. Good to see both of you. How we doing? Doing very well. I had no idea how much snow we were getting, even though we had Tracy in. I was in Terre Haute. I didn't get any, didn't see any snow. It's like 65 degrees. I came back to, to my car early Sunday morning, my 1 a.m. Like, what is all this snow in the car? Had to find, like, where's the scraper? Had to go back and try to find it. Yeah, I had, wow. I had to run a couple of errands Saturday morning. I get up, whoa, get my coffee, get in the car, and all of a sudden I'm fishtailing through our complex. I'm like, it's like an ice rink out here. Came back. What's this police activity in the development? Mm-hmm. And there was a fairly significant non-injury but car damage accident where one car fishtailed by the stop sign trying to stop yeah. right into another one. Got to be between the two cars, probably six grand in damage. Glass everywhere. Wow. Shay, were you safe walking to, walking in uh, Saturday morning? I was a little icy. Yeah. I was slipping and sliding a little bit. Man. Walking in? Yeah. No way he walked here from home. We can ask him. I took the bus. Thank you. And then he walked in. The bu- wow. The, the, bus, well, the bus doesn't put you in the building. This is true. Do I have that right, Shay? It's correct. Here's Shay Norlin. All right, let's get started with shot or no shot. Chris Chelios retirement ceremony and the ensuing game more than lived up to the billing at the United Center. It was a star-studded arena. People flooded the building. The Blackhawks and Red Wings played an overtime thriller that ended fittingly when Patrick Kane netted a game winner in his return to the United Center. Shot or no shot, despite Kaner returning for the arch-rival wings, this was the perfect way for the game to end. That is a shot. It's a shot. Because where are the Blackhawks going? This is a rebuild. The reason why I turn on Blackhawks hockey is because of one person. That's Connor Bedard. That's the only person. Nothing against you, Luke Richardson, but I'm here to see Connor Bedard. And to see Patrick Kane get the game winner last night, Cap, was just an amazing, amazing moment. Because we are looking at the best Blackhawk of my lifetime. I've never said that. 
but I'm sharing that with you this morning. You know I'm an 80s Hawks fan. I grew up with Orville Tessier's team. I was a Savard guy my entire life. But then when you saw Patrick Kane leave, you thought, oh, God, he's one of the best American-born hockey players we've ever seen. And then you realize when he's gone how great he was. Even though I love number 18 over the years, but you can understand why Patrick Kane getting that game-winning goal and how the place erupted. That wasn't all Detroit fans. That was Chicago, that was Chicago fans that was able to get that done. Think about the sound. Drop back, Jones. Jones right in, saved by a rebound save. Look out here. Look at this. Wide Look open. at this. center ice. It's Patrick Kane in Chicago. Who sets up Kane for the game winner? Alex Dobrinka. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Look, I don't want our teams to lose, but that was magnificent. Unbelievable. It, the shot for the eight question. That was a magnificent night. And as badly as the Bulls fumbled the ring of honor, the Blackhawks hit a freaking home run how they did it. They bring Chelios out on the ice in his own car, that 62 Cadillac. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. He drives that around town. I was at a stoplight last summer. Top down. I'm like, hey, Chris. Hey, Cap. How are you? Yeah. It was amazing. And to have his mom there in that custom-made Chris Chelios Blackhawks jacket and all his kids there, it was spectacular. You see that, Shay? You can't put together a perfect night for a legend. And that's exactly what the Blackhawks did, a perfect night. I know it sounds strange, but as I saw the breakaway <laughs> and I saw the Brinkett to Kane, I didn't see a Red Wings sweater. I saw the Blackhawks sweater. I did, even though it was against the Blackhawks. I saw them as Blackhawks doing that. And I, when you got a Blackhawks reaction as if this was in Detroit, you heard that crowd. That's a pro Blackhawks crowd, and they cheered Kane. That is, it may sound bizarre, but it was a great night for the Chicago Blackhawks and for Patrick Kane, the greatest Hawk I've ever seen. It was awesome. And, and Shelley's Red Wings beat Shelley's Blackhawks. Yeah. And it was yeah. cool when Shelley said, <laughs> Patrick just, Kane just will go down as the greatest American-born hockey player of all time. It's just, <laughs> and so we know the rivalry over the years. We're supposed to hate the Red Wings. But it's, I, almost, I can set that aside when one, my favorite Blackhawk is in a Red Wings sweater and doing that on home ice for the Blackhawks. Huh. Come on now. The symmetry. I told you in the parking lot this morning, I said, you know, I love Frank Thomas as a player. Frank Thomas is an A. I went to go see his first game as an Oakland A. He hits, he hits two home runs. The first home run he hit, I stood and applauded Frank Thomas, even though it was against the White Sox. And many Sox fans applauded him, too. Then he hit the second one. Then I gave him the middle finger. That's enough. The one home run's fine. Two, that's enough. Now you're just an A. It was, it was magnificent. I remember that A game when he hit the two home runs. God. I didn't know you back I then. I was there. No, we knew each other. Did we? Yes. What year would that have been? Uh, recently. Shay. Wow. All right, I want to go back to this. Uh, like nine, oh, it must have been 2001 or two. Yeah, we did know each other. Shay wants to talk now. Go, Shay. That little sidebar brought to you by Prevagen. <laughs> I, I want to go back to this Peter King nugget in his column Punch this morning um, about 
the Bears potentially trading the number one pick. Evan Cohen talking about it on Sportsmanlike this morning. It was Cap mentioned it pre-show. It was like he read my mind or he has this room bugged. Moments after I off-air said to Cap, you know, with the cap space increase, the Bears could theoretically trade out of one, draft somebody like J.J. McCarthy, a guy we all think can be good but can't start right away, and sign Kirk Cousins. And then Evan Cohen said the same thing. So I just want to ask the two of you, shot or no shot, the Bears could, should draft J.J. McCarthy and sign Kirk Cousins if they trade the top pick. No shot. It's a no shot for me, because, and, and this is no diss at Kirk Cousins. I just think there's a ceiling on his success. Agreed. He's going to help the Bears win. He'll help the Bears get to the playoffs. And then what? I just, I just think, and, and, and again, this is not saying that Kirk Cousins is a bad quarterback because, again, it's just research. One Google search, you can see how much production that Kirk Cousins has put up. It's been amazing. But do you feel like you can win the championship in a year or two? And can Kirk Cousins get you there? The answer is no to both. Yeah, I, I just don't see Ryan Poles deciding to pay $40 million or more oh. to Kirk Cousins coming off an Achilles tear at 35, turning 36 years old, and then in two years going, Caleb Williams is in the Super Bowl? I could have had that. Mm-hmm. No chance. I don't see it. It's a, it's a no shot for me. I understand the no question, shot. but I just uh, and then we get back to our conversation last week. Go, who would you pay that money to? The quarterbacks, forty million or plus, if not Kirk Cousins, and whom? I think there's maybe five other guys. Are you talking about anybody or guys just, available? Just wait for around the NFL. We'll get into it. Oh, that's, wow. that's some foreshadowing. I look forward to that. All right, Shay. All right, there are a few coaches this offseason deciding to skip the NFL's scouting combine. Rams coach Sean McVay. Cowboys coach Mike McCarthy, Jets coach Robert Sala, Packers coach Matt LaFleur added his name to the list this weekend. And there's an expectation Niners coach Kyle Shanahan will not be there. The explanation, combine workouts are filmed, interviews can be done virtually. The coaches are starting to think it's a waste of time to go to Indianapolis. Shot or no shot, the combine has become less important than the senior bowl and pro days. That would be me. I'm going to say no shot, but the head coaches do not need to be there. They do not. This is for the personnel department. They get 15 minutes to interview Caleb Williams. The head coach is not going to be doing that. That's for the GM. He is going to spend 15 minutes with Caleb Williams and Drake May and all these other guys. He is. The head coach sitting there watching guys run around in shorts, that's a waste of their time. Yeah, I mean, if I'm a head coach in the National Football League, I would go. I would go. Unless I'm Andy Reid at the, the tip of the spear in National Football League play as a, as a perennial Super Bowl champion, uh, I'm going. And the reason why that I'm going is because I'm part of the team, too. Like, it's not like I'm going to be talking to those guys in, those, you know, in, the, in their underwear anytime soon, these guys that are going to be in the fifth and sixth round. But I like to be around football. Hey, I see something. What do you see? It's just communication. I mean, it's one thing to sit back at your, at your desk, Cap, and then open up the file. All right, tell me what you saw in Indianapolis. And open it up. Yep, that, that looks good. All right, let's do that. I like my own eyes. You'd be there, too. You'd be there. You'd be in Indianapolis because you trust your eyes, too, because then you'd say, here's what I saw. What do you see? But there's really not a lot to see. You watch guys bench press. What am I watching? Okay. If I'm the head coach. You can't, you can't get anything out of work ethic by watching that, huh? 
Nothing? Come on. It's all filmed. I can watch all of it. Okay. I, I, I'm talking, well, I'll speak for myself, and I will say that I would rather be there. It does mean something to me. I enjoy the networking aspect of it. But that's part of it also. That that part I would enjoy. Yeah. I always liked that going to the final four and networking with coach. I loved it. In terms of watching the drills, if I'm Andy Reid, no. Zero. You're a scout in saying that. You I'm talking about if I was the head coach. If I was the head coach You'd be there. I would not be at all the drills. I would be networking. Would I be sitting there when Poles is interviewing Caleb Williams or Drake May? Yeah. Not, I'm not saying that you, as a head coach, you sit there with a stopwatch, but you just want it. You're observing. You're watching the work ethic yeah, of a player. I like being in the action. Yeah, well. I like that. Yeah. I, I think that it does. It would matter to me because yeah, I, I, I'm involved. I'm the head coach. I'm the face of the operation. I got to be there. Again, I'm not there with the stopwatch to see whether, how much someone bench presses or how fast they run, but I would be interested. I would be. The film or not, it's something like live action. Right. Tape lies, you know. I mean, you're not getting any football plays, really. So but would I go for the other part of it? Intel? Intel. Mm-hmm. That's what I'd go for. Here's what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Shay. All right, one big story from over the weekend. Duke's Kyle Filipowski was injured when Wake Forest fans stormed the court immediately after the end of the game. They ran over uh, Filipowski, and he sprained his ankle. Still, I don't think any update on how much time he's going to miss, if any. The status was in question after the game. But Duke head coach John Shire did say this in his postgame availability. Disappointed we lost. Uh, but look, for me, it's... I'm more concerned about the, the well-being of our guys. You know, Flip sprains his ankle. When are we going to ban court storming? Like, when are we going to ban that? Like, how many times does a player have to get into something where they get punched or they get pushed or they get taunted right in their face? And it, it's a dangerous thing. Shot or no shot, court storming needs to be banned. There's got to be a better protocol for it where you have, and I'm not talking about, goofs and yellow jackets that have a part-time job. I'm talking about police officers that, okay, get them down here. Looks like there's going to be an upset. And make sure Duke can get off the floor before a bunch of maniac students rush the court. It's a great visual when you pull an upset like that. It's super cool. But there's no scenario where they should be pushing Kyle Filipowski in the back. That should not ever happen. Filipowski, number one, stuck his leg out trying to defend himself. You know, trying to trip. If you go back and look at the film, he's trying to trip one of those, those students. And he paid for it because he got trampled, run over, and his ankle got sprained, right? Okay, so I'm trying to think, Cap, because I've heard so many different ways to look at this, court storming, how to stop it. So... You know, I've heard the, the philosophy of, well, get the starters off the floor, and then when you do that, just bring in five reserves. Either way, you're still getting players that could be in peril. It doesn't matter who's on the floor. If it's the opposition, like we saw with Duke, you still have an opportunity to get trampled because people run on the floor quickly. If there's something from the NCAA that says, if you storm the court, your team will lose, will that matter to students? No. 
I mean, because I mean, that could be an edict. Like, if you storm the court, your team automatically loses after all that hard work they put in. They could do that. Yeah, they would never. I, I don't think they would ever go to that level. I just think there should be a ring of police officers that, boom, they get on the court and... You want to have your fun? We're getting these kids off the floor first. Yes, but how do you tell a, a mob of kids to hang on a second, wait for them to get off the floor first, because it's not that easy, as you well know. Yeah, I mean, we just saw this with Ohio State last night, didn't we? Ohio State won a, a buzzer beater. They beat Michigan State at the buzzer. Yeah, okay, so say, for instance, that was at the – say that was in Columbus. How do you stop that? It's not like the old school cap where they got a big rope. Around around the perimeter of the of the floor. Hang right. on a second. Right. Like, how do you stop that? How do you stop it outside of having? It's more than just fines because fines don't matter to college um, to, to these programs. If you say that you're going to lose the game, that'd be amazing. Yeah, I don't know that Filipowski was in the wrong here. I heard Chris Canty say that. I couldn't disagree more. Well, the film is what it is. I mean, he stuck his leg out there. I mean, he did. I'm, but, he but, got, but, 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 but I guess my point is that he didn't deserve to be injured. But the, foot, but the leg was out there first. As I, as I say, stated, he stuck his leg out there, I think, kind of to defend himself. Well, he was, he's seven feet tall. I mean, it's not that easy for him to just cut and move to get away from, you know, a thousand students rushing the court. And they did shove him in the back. The leg was extended first, though. It's, it's right there on the film. It's fine. But uh, the, the, the overarching point is, is that I don't know how to be able to stop that because if you're a fan, I mean, you're into it. You love it. You love that your team was able to win. Yeah. And you want to share that moment. And outside of just of, of making the other team lose, I don't know what it is. I don't know how you stop that. But I don't think we hold up Filipkowski and just say he's a victim in this situation. Yeah, he got hurt. But, I mean, this happens all the time. Happened to Caitlin Clark, didn't it? Caitlin it happened Clark? to Caitlin Clark. She gets hit in the face. Yes, that shouldn't happen. Absolutely Never. not. Never. And there's not enough. There's not enough security to stop it either. Correct. There isn't. There's not enough Andy Frayne ushers to stop to stop these people from coming out of the floor. I mean, what three, four thousand people on the floor at the same time? Correct. But in the Wake Forest victory, I didn't see the aftermath of the Caitlin Clark. I just knew about it. The Wake Forest victory was already sealed. It was a four-point lead in the final seconds. Yes. So the game's over. Mm-hmm. The police should be down there right away. It's not a buzzer-beating jump shot. Mm-hmm. And down there going, we're getting these kids right off here and form a, a ring, and they get in, bam, gone. I thought that manager did a great job running out there to help that kid, yeah. Filipowski. Yeah. So I'm going to watch the video again while we're at break, and we'll see. All right. Around the NFL, Jesse Rogers at 835 on Cap and J. Hood. Good morning. Glad you're along for the Cap and J. Hood experience. We're here weekdays from 7 to 10 on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN. Hello. Chicago. Nick Foles sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I want winners. He starts to come and he falls out. This is a really thickly built guy. I mean, what's the answer you're looking for on these things here? Time now to go around the National Football League here on Cap and Jay Hood. We'll hear from Jesse Rogers with the latest on the Cubs and Sox, everything else MLB. But first, around the NFL, here's Brother. Shay Norlake. Shay? 
Right over the weekend, a piece of news that I think a lot of fans won't really care about that much that I think is absolutely enormous. The salary cap increased by a record amount, $30 million, from 220 to 250 And the NFL, all 32 teams, have a lot to play with now. If you don't think teams are going to take advantage of this, look no further than the Bengals, who a day before this were rumored to be mulling over letting T. Higgins walk and addressing wide receiver in free agency so that their cap sheet wouldn't become too much of a problem. Well, you hand them a $30 million gift card, they immediately tag T. Higgins. So T. Higgins is now off the market. There is a Bears angle on this. There is no longer any excuse to not make Jalen Johnson the highest-paid cornerback in football. You just got a gift card. Unless you don't believe he's worth it. Then you go get a replacement. Who's the, uh, is it Legereus Sneed is a free agent? Yes. So if you felt he's an upgrade, then you do it. But if you truly believe, like we do, that he's top five cover corner in the league. Last year, statistically, he was number one. Correct. But they're film work is what their film work says. If they believe he's that good, there's no excuse not to get this deal done. The money is there, and so there's no question about it that you got to get Jalen Johnson. I mean, the money... And it, you know what? It is a big story, because now, for fans to look at that number, Shay, people say, okay, if there's some lingering players out there, you're not sure you could sign, or you don't know if you have enough money... You have enough money now. You yes. can do it. Correct. You can do it. That's correct. Bears, as of today, I have $82 million in cap space per spot track. And with a restructure on Edmonds and a trade of Justin Fields, that number goes to $95. 95 you don't save any money dollars. in the Justin trade, correct? You do. $4 million. You save $4 million. Uh, There you go. <laughs> the world is your oyster, Cap. Number one draft pick, all that money that you could spend. No one said you got to spend every dime, but you have some capital to work with. That's a positive. You don't keep it in the coffers. You spend it on quality to get your team better. Shay. Uh, the Bears also need to be really aggressive in hunting free agents, like Daniel Hunter, who's expected to be out in Minnesota, or if the Chiefs are unable to keep Chris Jones, or if the Chiefs are unable to keep Cap Legereus Sneed, or if the Dolphins are unable to keep Christian Wilkins. I mean, the list goes on. The point is, this is the time right now to be aggressive. You just got a present from the league. Here's $30 million. You could have $95 million to play with. This is the year where you actually make it worthwhile to spend it. Like, I don't want to see one-year deals to piecemeal to get to the salary floor like we have seen. I want to see big spending, aggressive spending. I agree. Now, we keep hearing, and I'm trying to remember who wrote it last week, maybe it was Biggs, that Ryan is not going to be as aggressive big game hunting as people might be speculating. He'll be very calculated in his maneuvers. That's fine. As long as you have setter addressed, mm-hmm. you s- draft, free agent, trade, whatever, get an AA receiver. And by the way, our guy Albert Breer just posted news from Ohio State. Marvin Harrison not only won't participate in any of the drills, he's not even coming to Indy. Won't even be there for the medicals, nothing. He's working at, at school. He's still in class and building toward his rookie season. Yeah. Um, it's one thing to be able to look at the draft and say, okay, we're going to build with more young talent for the future. 
Well, at the futures now, you have to be able to spend some of that money. Again, we've identified ad nauseum exactly what the Bears need to look at. There's holes to fill. Fill them with money and talent. And guys, they can be cornerstones for your franchise for the next five-plus years as you try to go for this thing. Shay. The other factor with this salary cap rising, it ain't going to stop. The NFL's not going to get less popular. The NFL's not going to get lower TV ratings the next few years. This cap is going to keep going up. They're going to keep making more money, and they're going to keep raising the salary cap. That means the deals you sign right now in three years will likely be discounts. You might make somebody the highest-paid player today, but in three years, it'll be at a discounted rate. So, yesterday's price is not today's price. If you thought before that Dak Prescott wasn't getting $60 you better get your head right. He is now. You thought Jordan Love wasn't going to crack 50? Eh, He is now. You thought Baker Mayfield wasn't going to get into 40? Well, he is now. Everybody just got extra money to play with. You got to lock them up. And if you do it now, you'll get it at a discount. Price went up. Yesterday's price is not today's price. Now, you, you can't possibly believe that these teams didn't know this was coming. From the reporting around it, the teams got $15 million more million than they expected. If you don't have another quarterback in the pipeline, Cap, like Tampa, perfect example, then this is what it is. It's it's where the price is right now. Shea is right when we talk about the television ratings and the amount of money that teams will have a chance to spend in the next three to five years. It's only going to get more and more. Then you better be convinced beyond belief that the guy you're signing is worth it because the Titans paid Ryan Tannehill didn't work out. Daniel Jones didn't work out. You cannot pay for a very average quarterback. I understand. But understand this is that you will know the haves and haves nots in the National Football League. Everyone plays at the same playing field, the same level playing field financially, but you know the good organizations and the bad. There's some old school owners that will still look at this whole thing and say, there's no way I'd pay $50 million for a quarterback that's middling. Well, if that's the price, that's what you got to pay. Some would say, I'm moving on. I'll go to a rookie quarterback instead, like like some in baseball will do or some in basketball would do. Everyone's on the same playing field. I was, as I always say, the whole league's 8-8 eight eight is what you do with that 8-8. Eight eight. Everyone's average. But the quarterback makes you better. The, the de- defense makes you better. The coaching staff makes you better to get you over the hump. But there are some in the National Football League in, in which there are no real small markets, really, that will say, I'm not paying that price for a quarterback. Some won't do it. Some, some of the worst will say, ah, we'll just, we'll just get one from the draft. We'll just develop one. Nah. We'll put it on defense. We'll put it on offensive line. You were running the Bucks. Would you give Baker Mayfield $45 million a year for five years? Yeah, I don't have anybody else in the pipeline. I got no other choice. 45 might be a ri- bit rich for my blood, but I think like I pay him what Daniel Jones makes. It's what it is. What are you going to do? And then I'd call up the Giants. I'd call up the Mara family and go, F you. I have to do this because of you. Yeah. <laughs> what else am I going to do? Cap? It's it's a conundrum, man. As long as I don't cripple my franchise with him getting the lion's share of the money. If I can still spread that money out and be able to get key free agents and other... I mean, it's what it is. And but, that's the point. $60 million for Dak was a hamstring a week ago. Now, the percent comes down. 
It sounds crazy, but here's here we are. And it's only going to get more and more because of the popularity of the National Football League. Here's where we are. Wow. It's not the, the hamstringing for me financially. Mm-hmm. It's committing to mediocrity. Well, we don't have anybody else, so pay him. And now I'm not only paying a fortune, I got a mediocre player. I'm not saying it's right, but it's the league. Right, but if I owned a team, I wouldn't want to do business that way. That's why I'm drafting whoever my G... Look, I keep You'd be drafting you. a new quarterback every four years, then. Until you find... Or every three years. Until you find the top three quarterback in the league. You're Ron so, Wolf. I, I would be bringing in a guy in every draft trying to develop him. Right. Every draft. Yeah. What do we got in the seventh round? Uh, we got the highest rated guys. This, you know, swing tackle guard. Is there a quarterback on the board? Yeah, we have a decent grade on this. Take him. We can put the next party. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Jesse Rogers, the latest in the Cubs and Sox on the Cap and J Hood Morning Show.